Hey, what's up, Passionate DJs, and welcome once again to the Passionate DJ Podcast. You know, normally, during the month of January, we take a small break, uh, me and the guys, just to sort of recover from the holidays and uh, spend some time with family and uh, hit the ground running in February. However, as most of you know, uh, we spent a big majority of the summer last year on break, and it didn't feel right to take another break so soon after that. And so, what I decided to do instead was actually play for you an old, unpublished episode. So, we're calling this the lost episode and this was something that we recorded oh probably about a year ago and because we went on that break it just uh, never got published you know sometimes uh, we'll record what's called a bank episode which is something that uh, can kind of go live at any time in case we need something to fill in a spot or we you know for whatever reason had to reschedule a recording or something like that and so we've actually been saving this for that entire time and I'm going to present it to you now sometimes we come in and just kind of have a free form conversation and just see where you know what topics kind of come up naturally and that's the kind of episode that this is so we start out talking about some of Tony's adventures on the road as you know he does a lot of sort of backline uh, audio tech and stage management and stuff like that at uh, festivals and shows uh, here in the states and so he was uh, shares some of his experiences there of course we've removed some of the references that either wouldn't make sense because uh, it's outdated or uh, for other reasons that we need to uh, you know protect the guilty um, and we talk a little bit about uh, with Mo Dingo about some of his uh, mobile DJing adventures uh, he had just gotten the DDJ 1000 when we recorded this and so he was testing out uh, using that with uh, uh, algorithms DJ software using Spotify integration and taking requests and doing things at weddings and stuff like that so you'll hear a little bit about that and uh, just various other topics uh, whatever comes up naturally during the conversation so I hope you enjoy this what we're calling the lost episode of the passionate DJ podcast what's up everybody and welcome to the passionate DJ podcast I'm your host, David Michael. To my right is the one and only Tony DeCero. And to my left is the one and only Brodingo. <laughs> What's up, fellas? How you doing, man? I am well. How are you? I'm doing good. What have you been up to? You've been busy bee. Been, well, been busy adulting lately. Adulting. Gross. God. Never what? heard of such a thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, this guy's been busy, too. Yeah, you've been running around and like doing the, the Tony D thing. Mm -hmm. Run into any problems or anything while you were there? Um... Or? Not really any problems. I mean, just your typical <laughs> your show <laughs> your your stuff. show glitches where something happens with the DJ and they turn around and look at you like, "What's going on?" Uh -oh. You know. Oh, what yeah. happened this year? That old um, song and dance. <laughs> so one of the DJs was playing, and um, it was earlier on in the afternoon. Music stopped. I was over on stage right talking to uh, Blake, which is our light guy. Uh, <laughs> Blake, video guy Blake. Yeah, super he's fucking, intense, he's man. Awesome. I love that guy. He's awesome. Yeah, he's Chicago as it he, gets. He always sounds like he's yelling, but he's that's just how he talks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's like Chicago Italian, like, you know. Um, but he's, uh, I was over there talking to him, and the music had stopped, and I didn't realize it stopped, and he tapped me on the shoulder. And so I ran up on the riser, and the DJ was that was playing at the time, he had the mic to his to his mouth and he was just like uh i said what's going on he's not gonna tell us who it is yeah no i'm not gonna tell you who it is <laughs> i said what's going on and he's like man i don't know i was playing and the music stopped and the mic was live so he was saying this just <laughs> to talking the like oh to, the, to crowd. the crowd in front of a couple thousand right. people <laughs> and i had looked over at his controller and his play pause button was blinking and i was just like <laughs> music started playing was it. <laughs> and you were that like, was it yeah keep the party going kids <laughs> um but i mean it just kind of shows you that 
in, in the heat of the moment, like you don't look at the smallest thing because mm-hmm. the first thing you do is freak out. Like what's going on? It what's must going be something on? big that's wrong. Right. Something that simple couldn't be the answer. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Especially if your first instinct is to blame somebody else. Like mm-hmm. I, it, maybe I'm being presumptuous by saying that, but like I know in situations where that's happened to me, where something, it, it, the music just stops and you're like, what the hell? Mm-hmm. I don't go that guy get him yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm like what did i do i yeah. must have hit the pause button or my, my computer must have crashed or something you know so just to go straight to somebody else's problem <laughs> maybe yeah. problematic and that happens a lot like you know and you have thousands of people in front of you you don't want to sit there and look like you fuck because everybody's looking at you you know they think mm-hmm. you fucked up which in a sense you so, kind of did yeah. yeah you know but they turn around and you know what's going on what's going on they expect you know me to come up or whoever's managing and figure it out for them real quick when you're talking about one of those moments where the music just goes silent i was doing one of my crossfit events and this is like in my earlier setup phases and you know i I play a track and i go to do something and all of a sudden the music stops and i'm like i'm thinking someone like stepped on a chord or whatever i'm looking trying to figure it out but what i didn't realize it was happening is the controller was on a regular table and when i turned i rubbed the fader (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and it and went to the right rentals, yeah. and i'm like i like i see all my meters going i'm like what's going on with but, oh you gotta look ladies oh, yeah. no hands. <laughs> a lot of the new guys don't use faders either so that that's the last that's another last thing that they look at they don't look if it's everything's on through mm-hmm. you know if it's on one one side's on two and they hit the fader they're so like oh you think there's like an inexperience or an inexperience problem where you know, maybe a more seasoned DJ would realize that there's like three or four different places you might want to check your gain staging to figure out if there's volume there. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. A lot of the seasoned guys do it. Because, I mean, they play in front of big crowds all the time, but if you're not used to it, the first thing you do is panic, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So, um, the, the first, yeah, like you said, the first thing you think is something, something went wrong. Yeah. Not yeah. me. Uh, there's nothing I did. Something just happened. Right. Um, what else? I mean, that was really the only main thing that happened. Everything else went fairly smooth um it was byob again this year so every kid can bring up to 60 beers in each <laughs> yeah it's absurd Six zero <laughs> so they have somebody there 60. counting like yeah. oh 59 <laughs> <laughs> look um, at this lightweight <laughs> so every kid was fucking wasted wasted you have i mean paulie d was playing and you know just for those that want to talk shit paulie d is a good dj he he mixes, he scratches, yeah. he doesn't he does not sink, you know, he scratches vocals, he'll drop it. He's he's a good DJ. Um so Has that, do you think that's always been the case? Like he's he's been a DJ for He was DJing a while. before Jersey Shore stuff, yeah. Oh. And we had had him um at Bluestone. That was my first show ever with PSG. I want to say it was like 2010 or 2011. Uh the first show that they did in Columbus was Poly D. And I saw him then. I was right behind him and he was he was decent, you know, but Excuse me, uh, this show, like, I was impressed. Yeah. You know, um, but kids were throwing full beers. You know, a full beer went right over his head a little bit, you know, almost hit him. Uh, A full beer hit one of uh, uh, the one kid from Ray Shrimmerd, hit him on the side. They kept going, though. Like, they, man, they were like, they they stopped, they looked around, (laughs) and then he said, somebody throw me up a beer. And next thing you know, a beer's like, (laughs) whoosh. <laughs> and everybody's like, "Oh my god, holy shit!" You know, um, <clears throat> but it, so the kids had like coolers, like out. Oh yeah, really? Yeah, interesting. Yeah. And that, they still had bars where you could buy drinks yeah. and stuff like that. But um, 
At first, I think they were charging ten dollars to bring in up to sixty beers okay. um, per person, but then uh, they came in and said you couldn't do that because it was like charging for alcohol, I guess, if you. Will. So, do they they <clears throat> do it that way because it's in the original spirit of that party, or is there some like liquor license or legality? They wanted to take reason? it back to a party in the field, um, yeah. and it was a smaller lineup. They just wanted to, you know, cut costs because they had realized that the numbers were kind of going down a little bit. Okay. So why not turn it back into a party in the field, a little bit less of a, um, you know, baller uh, lineup. Only and, type. Yeah, you know, and Sean Frank and Boombox Cartel, both great DJs, amazing. Boombox Cartel, I believe, is from Mexico. Real heavy, you know, dubby kind of sound. Um, but both great DJs but the kids were just standing there like was it because it they were waiting were well they? I mean they were waiting for Paul E.D. and Ray Schremer oh okay you know what I'm saying like yeah. that's what they were waiting for and, and all the acts were good you know I was impressed by by all of them um, but the kids just they wanted the, the two headliners yeah you know kids are spoiled these days with festivals they wanted their dessert first mm-hmm. yeah Nope. Yeah, do you, so do you think there's a lot less patience for the current festival crowd with those kind of, like, wanting to be introduced to the opening acts? Because I always felt like that was kind of part of the experience mm-hmm. of going to a show like that. Yeah. Um, like, who can I discover along the way? The, the numbers of the people that are trying to discover are a little bit, or I don't want to say a little bit, they're way less than the people that are there to see the headliners. You know, it's, it's, it's headliner or not much at all. Yeah, I think people would rather stay in if they don't know what they're getting into mm-hmm. these days. You know, what right? I mean? And so there's there's little Being incentive like for risk that. averse. Yeah, there's little incentive for that risk because it's like, well, I could see if I like this new band I've never heard of, or I could play my favorite video game on my couch, or mm-hmm. I can Netflix and chill tonight, or whatever. Yeah. You know, so you've got that pull. I'm sure that makes people picky slash mm-hmm. spoiled about what they want to see the, and what they make time for. I mean, if, if you really think about it for the last, will we 17, about the last, well, I, let's go back five years. You know, those kids were not even used to the BYOB at all, yeah. you know, and all they've been accustomed to is Diplo, g Migos, Lil Yachty, Marshmallow, uh, the chain yeah, t- smokers, top tier, yeah. you know, Steve Aoki, like the big, big guys now. So when you want to throw, you know, salt and pepper your lineup a little bit with some upcomers, if your headliner isn't, you know, a million dollar headliner, you're not going to get the numbers. Yeah. You know, kids are just, I think, I feel like kids are just super spoiled these days when it comes to a festival anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I th- but I think with the festival scene becoming so prolific, <clears throat> it's one of those things where I think it's going to destroy itself, the whole festival scene, because it can't, how much bigger can it get? I guess, does it, does it need to get bigger to continue? I don't think it needs to get bigger. I mean, I, f- I feel like a lot of, a lot of kids that are, you know, 17 or seniors in high school and their parents start to let them go to festivals, you know, that's happening every year and it's not stopping. I don't think anytime soon. It's it's <clears throat> really hard to say where this is going to go in the next even 10 or 20 years because there's a weird technology thing happening now with VR and augmented mm-hmm. reality and social media and all these things kind of coming together to create these experiences. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be a lot gained and a lot lost, I think, in that transition. And so, you know, in t- will our kids' kids 
even will they have the desire to go to a festival in the way that we think about it where there be kind of a, a, a replacement or a similar kind Augmented, of concept yeah yeah or is there going to be some in-between thing you know it's kind of hard to say where that's going mean, to go i don't know if there's anything out there like that but i'm not i don't know why someone hasn't tried to recreate that opportunity yet in terms of the augmented reality like you go into a booth and you can be in the front row marshmallow at, did it in Fortnite. well yeah at the concert you know i mean in a sense that's almost but he first but he person. but he put himself within the game i'm saying the other way around where like you have like this room in your house and you just go in this booth and you put your goggles on and now you're you're there or like, like vr it yeah. would be the same same or, concept or there VR. in your room yeah yeah <laughs> That too. Holographic projection of <laughs> yeah. a person or whatever. Two, yeah, hologram Tupac. DJ Boo, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which it's I mean, crazy to think like where it could really go. Star I mean, I guess shit. it just depends on how social people want to be in the future. You mm-hmm. know, do they want to be around each other or would they rather just be soloed in their house and yeah, I feel like there's some fun there's some yeah. fundamental need for humans to want to connect. And I think that <clears> we we get a lot of that through our online connections, but I think we su- we we get very um used to that and we start substituting a lot of real interactions mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. ones that we can do online instead like wishing our parents a happy birthday or whatever mm-hmm. the case may be mm-hmm. um so yeah i think it's i mean that's not a problem that's going to go away no you no know? but i think that goes to your point earlier you know where well, you know the inconvenience piece you know like i don't want to go see all the i don't want to take a chance and see all these bands that i don't know mm-hmm. when i could just stay home and play my video games you know i think when someone cracks that nut and they'd be like hey you know you can go see i don't know uh marshmallow in this virtual setting well part, part of it too is people are you know study and study and study that comes out and says that people are just getting busier they're just doing more shit with their time mm-hmm. so it's like okay what do i really want to make time for and that's, I think, where that picky attitude might come into to play there. Mm-hmm. You couple the fact that the the artists were different and the location is in of itself. Mm-hmm. It's not a really an easy place to get to. Right. Because even uh, when I worked for you last year, the artists were having to drive. There were some artists that <clears throat> flew in, did their set, and took off. And the they, airport they fly, in, fly into Columbus. Yeah, it, it, which and then is, they drive there. And the traffic was actually so bad last year that they had, they had to, to get our no they had to put rl grime on the back of a uh one of the um the polarises or whatever and get him to the venue because yeah. he wasn't about to make a set there's a lot of inconveniences for real i mean take for example ultra you know even the announcers of ultra were like you know you guys at home have the best view mm-hmm. like yeah you d- we actually do we don't have to deal with yeah you know a hundred thousand people asshole to elbow or yeah. whatever and we get a watch Whoever we want right there. The funny know? thing about Ultra, when you were we were talking about it um, as it was going on, mm-hmm. and I got home on Sunday night, and I was just sort of watching, you know, some highlight footage. You see this, like, you know, they're, yeah, they pan on people in the crowd, and I'm like, oh, that girl looks familiar. Pan back on her. This is my, uh, my cousin. Shut <laughs> up. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's, I talk, I'm like, hey, Mel, that's Alana. <laughs> like, right there at that's Ultra. Funny. On the big screen. <laughs> on FaceTime? Like, no. Like, uh, no, 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 no. Like, right there. And she was like, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> like, that would have been so mind-blowing, like, 20 years ago. Yeah, absolutely. For that to happen. Yeah. And it's still crazy, but it's... Of all but the like, people, oh, yeah, that of all the people at that concert, my niece popped up on the screen, like, three times. And I was like, what? This doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Was she wearing skimpy clothes? 
No, she's uh, pretty conservative, thank goodness for her. She got a good head on her so shoulders. It she doesn't wasn't. make sense because those cameramen or whoever's got X's <laughs> taped over their nipples, that's who they're on, you know? Seems like it anyway. Well, Mo, have you uh, been playing gigs? You're usually like the busiest of us, like kind of the working DJ type. Let's see. So since last time I've been on, um, had a lot of travel related to work and, you know, like the fitness stuff. But um, did have a competition um, I tested out the DDJ 1000 mm-hmm. using record box or not, sorry, not record box, but, um, DJ pro <clears throat> yeah. to try and test the, um, proof of concept for using the Spotify integration. Yeah. Um, I didn't have any problems, uh, but the one thing I will say about using that, um, Spotify is not great at identifying, um, songs with explicit content. Some of them will say explicit, but just because they don't say explicit doesn't mean they are yeah. clean. Mm-hmm. So for those of you doing that in a corporate or public or setting like that, just be very cautious. Know your music, just like we say all the time. Um, I did have a wedding uh, since then too, and did same thing. Was using the Spotify integration. I, gave I did your, have gave your card to the girl that does my hair, by the way. Oh, sweet! Yeah, she's getting married next year, so cool. I was like, thank you, appreciate it. I know a guy. <laughs> um. Everything's going great, but the only challenge I had was where I said, um, don't rely on technology because it'll fail you. The facility that I was at, um, right in the middle of the city, a really beautiful venue, but it's a really old building. It used to be a train depot, so everything's all brick and mortar. Okay. So not only is the cell signal bad, because I usually don't don't use the Wi-Fi for the house Wi-Fi. I use my um, iPad that's got uh, an antenna in it. Is this the market? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, top of the market. It's a um, cool venue. Beautiful venue. Mm-hmm. That's where uh, Trip actually had his reception. Yep. Um, but I, I don't ever rely on the house Wi-Fi because, you know, when people show up, they start uh, bogging down the network and everything. Yeah. So I wasn't even going to mess with that. But just the way the building is, lots of metal, lots of brick, lots of mortar. So it was causing a lot of interference. And luckily, I was by a window. So I had my iPad by the window. And where I had my DJ set up was by the window. But... I was averaging maybe two bars like the entire night. <laughs> so songs were loading really slowly. So there were a couple times where I got ahead of it and I, and I noticed like when the, uh, the load times were increasing. So what I did is what I did previously just to save myself that headache is with Spotify, you know, how you can download songs mm-hmm. to your device or your computer. Yep all the songs that they wanted for like their ceremony and the first dance and all that stuff. I just went ahead and downloaded those to my computer. So I wouldn't have to stream them. Cash the correct. Okay. Well, you can, you can create an entire playlist and cash those too, if you want. Um, I don't, I have no idea how much data it takes, but I mean, I have a pretty, um, robust amount of storage remaining on my laptop. So I wasn't too worried about it. So, but there were a couple of times where people made requests and I saw that I would try to load them up and I saw it was like, you know, cause like the waveform will pop up and it's gray. And then as it loads, like it'll turn, the color will fill in. So at least you you get a chance, you, you get reaction time, right? Because you get to see if it's properly loaded mm-hmm. or not. And if it's taken a while, you could like bail mm-hmm. and just kind of, I guess that would be where like a fourth deck or a third deck would come in handy. So you can load a request there yeah. and if it takes a while. Yeah, you, you can, can do that. Um, there was one time where I actually had to load something onto my iPad um, because it just was taking too long. Um, and like the way my set was going at that time, it wasn't conducive to what I had. What I, I, I couldn't think fast enough basically. So I just resorted to using other tools. Yeah. Um, but while you're using DJ though, you can 
play anything that you have in your iTunes library as well, or whatever library system that you use. But you know, I use a Mac, so that's what I that's what I deal with. So you kind of have the flexibility of using um, everything that you have. Yeah. Um, just like I said, the key being flexibility. But um, if you're going to use that, especially if you've never been to the venue and this is the first time I ever did an event there, just be cognizant of things like that. Because uh, the last thing you want is for the song to cut out during their first dance or something like that because it's not loading fast enough. Yeah, I think that that's uh, that having a third deck thing. Like I, I've talked about this before. Like I always think of of my third or fourth deck as like a utility deck, mm-hmm. but I, you know, I'm always using it in the context of having a loop ready or something mm-hmm. like that. But in that case, it would be kind of handy. Just you know, oh, is this going to load properly? Because I assume you you can tell when it's done right like yeah yeah it, it, everything will turn yeah, the full waveform yeah. will be all colored in um yeah and then one other event that i did um was a edm tuesday and again i was trying to oh, that's right yeah. do that proof of concept using the um spotify to play an entire set so i didn't plan a set i kind of made a crate of songs that i had listened to and just kept chucking them in this crate a uh, day or two before I went and sort of kind of came up with the soft game plan by, you know, based on key and BPM and like how yeah. I wanted to go and uh, played it without any issues. Um, the only thing I did notice though with um, the effects is that <laughs> <laughs> my bad. That's staying in <laughs> uh, on the DDJ 1000. <clears throat> Um, the effects don't play through the headphones when you're queuing. It only plays oh. through the out. Okay. So there was a couple times where I was trying to use an effect on the dial, and I was like, "So you didn't know if like an effect was going to come in like full bore? Yeah, or exactly. You and then review it. And then for some, and then at one point, because I use um in ear monitors, I don't use headphones. And uh, for some reason, I had one out one time, and then I tried to use an effect and I could hear it out there, but I couldn't hear it in my, in my, in my ears. So I was like, Oh shit, that's kind of a pisser because now you don't know, like if you're using too much or too little or whatever. And, um, you can't use all the color effects either. Um, Mm. you can use pitch and filter, uh, filter, I think. And that's it. So you don't get the full functionality of the DDJ 1000, but I'll take that for the amount of flexibility it's given me. Because, you know, like in the corporate space that I live in, you know, that's yeah. that, that's good enough for me because the people at, at these gigs don't care about if I'm beat matching, if I'm in key or whatever. Um, when I'm And I just did that show, you know, at uh, therapy just to see if I could do it. Yeah. And, and it worked. Um, but I think if I'm going to do like a proper show in the future, I would just resort to record box or tractor because that's where that's what those things are created for. Here on the DJ booth, the Hercules. Her- Hercules Universal DJ, and so that uses the <clears throat> proprietary Hercules software, mm-hmm. Juiced, I think it's called, and so it's just, you know, that's basically all it's built around is mm-hmm. that that particular software, and it's pretty good for beginners. Like that's what they really gear it towards is, you know, maybe you're interested in DJing, mm-hmm. you want to give this a whack, low price so, point, yeah. Like even when you when you first load it up, it's like. Hey, thanks for getting a new Hercules controller. Let's learn the basics of DJing, and it just like <laughs> tells you like what DJing is about and stuff. Wow. So it's yeah, really focused on the beginner. Hmm. Um, and the the controller itself is great. It's really it's pretty well built, and it's plastic, but like kind of that shape that it has, where it's real thin, and then it kind of curves up, just makes it real rigid. Mm-hmm. 
And so, like, I'm pretty happy with the controller. Not a big fan of the software, mm-hmm. though. <clears throat> um, it's pretty sturdy feeling, too. Yeah. It doesn't is. feel like a toy. Yeah, the hardware is good. I'm not so sure about the software. Because mm-hmm. it just seems, like, really... So it, it had kind of like a sampler thing. And so I started using that, and it was kind of like a remix deck. Mm-hmm. But then, like, it would just kind of randomly fall out of sync. Uh, like for no particular reason like hmm. it should snap to a grid and it just didn't seem like it was mm-hmm. as well as something like tractor or something like that would uh so i don't think i mean it but it's not really meant to be for prime time either it's meant to introduce somebody to djing mm-hmm. so what's the price point on that it's uh, 199 okay and then it looks like you can use a computer or a eye device it's or pretty tablet neat. of some sort <clears throat> yeah you can use a tablet but it connects with bluetooth so hmm. it's not like a USB thing. And then it has a hybrid, like a multi-screen mode. So you can do like the normal DJ controller thing and play it on the laptop and then have like a tablet over here and use that to, to trigger samples or oh. do stuff like that, which is really neat. And it was hmm. fun to play with. And in the review, it'll it'll probably be out by the time this episode goes live. Um, there's like a, a little remix pack in there that's like a little trancey kind of thing. Hmm. And I was like, oh, I was like jamming on it and having fun, but then like it would kind of come out Fall of time, out. you know. And I was like, ah. Was there any la- <clears throat> with the using Bluetooth? Was there a lot of latency or? Yes. Okay. Full stop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just with there just is. Yeah. And so I compare in the video like here's what a fast kind of scratch sound sounds like mm. on Bluetooth on the tablet versus connected straight to the laptop, and you can definitely tell like those. Like, I would do, like, a scratch, scratch, and then, like, a double scratch. Like, mm-hmm. I was trying to do that, and it just wouldn't pick up those double scratches, and just no matter mm. how fast I did it. So, yeah, the Bluetooth is... I'm just not a big fan of Bluetooth in the DJ booth. Can you hardwire it, or...? I tr- so, I tried using... Um, I'll show it for the YouTube audience. One of these USB camera adapters mm-hmm. for my iPad, and it didn't work. Okay. Uh, so, it's uh, apparently strictly, it's strictly a Bluetooth thing. Okay. Because I was like, if it would work with that, that would actually be really great. That's how I would prefer to use it. Mm-hmm. But but other than that, I mean, like I said, the hardware itself is, is pretty great. and Everything's pretty sturdy. So I dig it. So I'm trying to be brutally honest about my opinions on the software while being fair to the hardware because it is pretty decent. And then, man, outside of that, I've just been, you know creating content and trying to come up with new content ideas for your personal YouTube channel. It's like, like I need one more project. Because right? you need more shit to do. Yeah. Like <laughs> that's why I'm itching to do it and not doing it yet. Um, but like just to do like you know, DJ sets and put production somewhere to put productions. And also just like for content that might not necessarily fit with passionate DJ, just like nerd shit or like, hmm here's a review of Super Metroid for Super Nintendo or like whatever I just randomly feel like doing. So like one one idea I had, you know, there's these YouTube channels where, you know, people restore old hardware and they'll retro bright it and clean it up and hmm. make it look like new, you know, 90s computers or video game consoles and whatever. And I was like, man, I have a pile of old Macs somewhere sitting in a shed <laughs> uh-huh. um, at our old house that we have since sold Mm -hmm. and but we had a tenant in it and i hadn't seen this stuff for like 10 years Mm -hmm. and so i called the person up who owns the house now and i was like hey is there a box full of old computers (laughs) i know this is weird but so she's like yeah come on over and i went and i dug around in the attic in the shed and it's gone Mm -hmm. so either i got rid of it and forgot at some point or somebody else really wanted a pile of old Macs. Mm -hmm. 
but I was really disappointed because I was like, man, this, that's like stuff from my childhood. Mm. I would love to see like if there's any old data on there, whatever, old conversations I had with people in the <laughs> I 90s found a speaking or spell. whatever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I saw uh, like a photo where someone had taken like an old school, uh, you know, desktop. Mm-hmm. You know, like just old, like those cream colored ones, really generic, but like on the inside, it was just like a monster. <laughs> <laughs> like a water cool, yeah, like water cool, like yeah, mega machine. <laughs> Put that on your desk at work. Oh, no, I, I can't do it. I I only got, use it on three and a quarter. <laughs> I, I can't, I can't do this. <laughs> it wasn't a total loss though. I found a couple of cool things. So like over in that corner over there, that's <clears throat> that thing that that uh, container is sitting on. That's actually a big giant tape deck. It's like a fancy audiophile huh. cassette oh, player. Nice. Dude, we can make some mixed, oh, but then no one can listen I to it. I want to see if it works, but I don't have any tapes. So I'm going to have yeah. to like order one because apparently tapes are becoming a thing again. But I just huh. want to see if it works. Um, I got a couple shoeboxes full of old tapes probably. Do you? Yeah. Do you care if it gets eaten or destroyed? Because I don't know what will happen oh. if I put it in that old thing. <laughs> probably not because I have no way to play them anyway. So. <laughs> uh, man, what else did I find? A bunch of old like awards from my piano playing days like from contests and he's a concert pianist well yeah, concert might be a <laughs> <big> exaggeration <laughs> um, oh let me show you what else i found you keep talking i'll be right back uh-oh so th- this is a uh, you've heard us talk about them on the show before but it's called a cd <clears throat> So I found this old thing. It's an old CD jewel case. It says David Michael Demo Cut 2006. And these are originals of mine. Not a DJ set, but there's eight like actual original tracks that I made in like the early 2000s. Oh, no here. way. Nice. And it says take one on the front. So like apparently I'd taken this to some kind of event mm-hmm. and uh, must have given them all away because this was the only one I had. Not true. It's the one that says take one. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see what's on the back. There's a track list. Does it have that through the looking glass on there? It does not. Oh. It has my remix of Genie on, in a bottle on it, though, which I actually really like. <laughs> it was like a Booty House remix or something? No, no. It's like a super trancy version. Hmm. I remember most of these. Most of these are not very good. <laughs> Maybe I should just like do a live stream and play them and so you th- put throw them on myself the under the bus. Yeah. There's a Seosin remix on here. They're like an emo band. <laughs> yeah, but it was pretty cool, and it's in good shape. Ooh, it says David at edmohio.com on it. I haven't owned that domain for well, probably since 2006. My old phone number on it. It's in good shape. Should play. Nice. I'll do something with that. Speaking of old shit... Um the uh, uh, invite for the Limp Biscuit concert uh, has been going around again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the infamous Dayton Sunoco, which seems to have gone everywhere. Yeah. Uh, I was watching the video again the other day, and uh, I didn't realize John Chappell is in that video. What video? When they're talking to the, what's the news? And oh, they're right. talking to everybody that's out there. And uh, <laughs> John Chappell was out there? Yeah, John Chappell was in the video. <laughs> Was Which, he being John Chappell? Yes, he was. It, yeah. it, he didn't. It didn't surprise me that that he one that he was in there, mm-hmm. and two that he was just being John Chappell. We can't even get him back on the show. He's out there on the news, or, or to leave us voicemails anymore. <laughs> yeah, as <it was> Ron Chorple. <laughs> Those were the days. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. He also got Morgan Freeman to leave us a voicemail one time too. That's true. Uh, yes, he did. <laughs> That's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> this is Morgan Freeman. <laughs> I like passionate DJ. I think that wasn't that for our, some kind of special episode, wasn't it? I'm not sure. <clears throat> I don't remember. And then was Ron Turple, was he the one that was having DJ problems and calling us for advice? Yes. Okay. You know, we're coming up on 200, episode 200. Maybe we should have Mr. Turple back on. I think we should do like we did 100 and just have like a bunch of friends of the show come in and hang out and maybe do like a two-hour thing. Well, now that you have a lot more robust uh, stuff in here. Yeah, it's a lot better situation. a lot more opportunities, yeah. A lot more mixer channels and... Mm -hmm. (laughs) Less headsets uh, yeah camera nonsense to deal with yeah that was that was a fun day that was a fun day for we me. made it work it was ghetto but we made a- it work. yeah absolutely ghetto what do you guys think we should do for episode 200 especially for those guys that were there for 100 yeah post it in the comments yeah. we haven't been doing those calls to action post in the comments tell us what you think and yeah leave us a voicemail and also hit up i'm telling you hit up if you're on facebook hit up that passionate dj community mm-hmm. group it's awesome like every week there's just awesome threads in there um, it's very low on uh, spammy promotion stuff because there's a rule in there for that. And mm-hmm. anytime it does happen, we clear it out. But you actually did create and, another avenue. Yeah. So people wanted to know about doing <coughs> for sale posts. Mm-hmm. And traditionally, I just haven't made any rule about that. And it was just like, whatever. It hasn't been a thing. But then it's, it's never really come up. It had. Yeah. yeah and, and now it started to come up like, hey, can I post this for sale post? And initially I was like, no, that's too spammy for this group that's not what this group is for mm-hmm. but then it was like well i really do want to help djs mm-hmm. and so we, we kind of talked about it in the slack channel less the team you know behind the scenes and ended up uh, creating the passionate dj marketplace mm-hmm. so if you go to the join the main group you can also join the marketplace if you want to get those kind of for sale posts and then you can control the notifications for that separately so if you just want to see them every now and then if you want to browse it it's kind of up to you but you get to stay in the main awesome community group, which mm-hmm. just has discussions and questions and people sharing their awesome DJ rigs and a lot of interaction. Yeah, it's it's been pretty cool. Okay. But then we uh, since yeah, since last time we recorded, we also went to Dayton Podfest too. Yes, so Dayton Podfest was pretty cool. Yeah, that was. I, 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 really, I didn't really know what to expect. I didn't either. Yeah. I, so it was like. Is this going to be like a stage thing? Is this going to be yeah. like us recording live? And we, we kind of went back and forth about it. And it turned out, yeah, it was both of those things. Yeah. We were up on a stage. We had spotlights on us. Yeah, shout out to Izzy um, Martin. Um, yeah. He kind of just gave us carte blanche to do whatever we want to do, but we didn't know what we wanted to do or what yeah. we were going to do. So, <laughs> Well, you know, we, we talked about the crossover between our two shows, sure, yeah. you know, with the one more rep and... Uh, so kind of like our roles as content creators mm-hmm. and just kind of took it that way. So that was pretty cool. Um, I don't know. Prob- did you hear numbers? There was probably a good hundred people there. At least. I would say. Um, it was really cool um, early on during the workshop portion because there were lots of people there that had just started podcast or were thinking about starting podcast or in somewhere in between and just um, <laughs> seeing a lot of people there having that a resource like that because when i started i mean i had you you know to lean on but then when you started i mean what did you have like maybe a youtube video yeah like 
and like other like podcast tutorials, like you mm-hmm. know Pat Flynn and yeah. people like that who are like more internet markety type people. Like here's how to create a podcast. Here's how to create a blog and monetize it. Mm-hmm. So I had like those kind of tutorials and blog posts to follow. But outside of that, it's very much trial and error. Yeah, and, <laughs> you yeah. just try some shit and see what. So works were the people and, in the crowd? Yeah, watching you guys, like sitting down watching you mm-hmm. guys. Nice. Good thing so, I wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Terry. Not my gig. Yeah, if it started off in a smaller room, and that um, <clears throat> yeah, it was, was divided into two rooms. Yeah. It was the uh, the old bright side. Bright side. Yeah, I know, yeah, I know the venue. So that so. that back room, um, they had piped the sound into there uh-huh. where the bar was. Okay. So if you wanted to go back there and kind of socialize and stuff, you could do that without being rude and interrupting, interrupting the podcast, yeah. which podcast, was really cool. But you could yeah. still hear it. Right. So people would kind of wander back and forth. That was nice. cool. Yeah, and then so that first part it was just like kind of a Q and A session, and people had all kinds of questions, and um, I and I, I can't even think what kind of questions I would have asked if I would have had a platform like that. But yeah, you know, lots of emails and phone numbers were exchanged, so it's cool that you know us veterans, you know, <laughs> except that for they put us on after like three different slots where they had like legit like radio real DJs. DJs. <laughs> So we're just like, hey, uh, we yeah. we have podcasts. Yeah, there was one girl from uh, the local NPR affiliate uh-huh. in the yeah. first group. Uh, the two guys before us were from the like the local hip hop station, and somebody and, was from TUE or yeah. Mix One Hundred Seven or one of those. Yeah, one and, of the big ones. And then me and Dave. Yeah, I'm just like, hey, <laughs> I want to talk to some of those people though, and yeah. see if because some of them would probably have some stuff to share on our show. But. Absolutely, and then uh, we also got an opportunity to talk to Chris Heckman who is the sound yeah. engineer and uh, he takes care of all the lighting for Brightside. And, I met uh, Chris, didn't I? Not yeah, you met him before. Yeah, I've yeah, introduced yeah. you to him before. But it was just kind of cool. Um, we kind of ambushed him and did an interview and posted yeah. that on the video mm-hmm. uh, for the last episode. So that was kind of cool. There's some more content in there. And then we're actually going to try and get him on the show so he can come and talk to us about sound and stuff. So, Fellas, anything else you want to uh, talk about here while we've got the mics going? Or Yeah, thanks for uh, sending that DJ hookup uh, discount after I had bought a flight case. <laughs> You're not the only person that said that. Greg, one of our ambassadors, was like, I just, I, just, yeah, I just bought a mic. Thanks a lot. A mic. Yeah. No, but it was actually pretty sweet. Of um, Well, it's one, cool to share the story of how you guys met and how that relationship developed uh, You know, to yeah. everybody else out there on the show because Dave told us a little bit about it. And Alec, Alex had no obligation, by the way, to create that coupon code yeah. and give that discount. I just kind of popped the idea in his head, and he's like, yeah, I'll have something by tomorrow yeah. and set it up. And that was so, super cool. Yeah. But um, also for him to kind of explain, you know, his, I won't say use the word failure, but the challenges that he had, you know, yeah. it was nice of him to share that, you know, and it kind of made me feel, I won't say better, but how he talked about, you know, you can, you can come back to that. Yeah. It's not going anywhere. Yeah. It's not going anywhere. Like, you know, like I was telling Tony, I have what five mixers in my house, you know, yeah. and I can't play them all at the same time, you know. But I'm glad that that's what you took away yeah. from that. Sorry to cut you off, but I'm glad that's what you took away from that because I was I was worried that we were taking that conversation in kind of a negative direction, you know, for people who are like excited and passionate about mm-hmm. DJing to talk about like what happens if you just don't want to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. Not that that would be the first time we've talked about it, mm-hmm. but um, but that was the greater point that I wanted to make sure that people took home was like, it's not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Like you can take a break or a hiatus well, and, I, yeah. and feel okay doing that because it's, it exists and here it is. And, 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 and the reason why that I caught that piece is because I took that break for about 15 years when I had kids. Yeah. And you now know, you're and, probably more involved than you've ever been as a DJ, right? 
Probably, but under less sketchy conditions <laughs> uh, <laughs> than in the 90s and early 2000s. Moving on up. Yeah, bossing <laughs> up a little bit. But um, yeah, I know initially when I stepped away from it, there was that like I was missing it. And then as my new life as a father and a husband started to develop, I kind of missed it less. But there were still times where like I would just hear an old song that I used to play and be like, man, it'd be nice. But, you know, I'm raising three kids under 10. I can't just go splurge and buy, you know, two 1200s and, you know, in a mixer. But fast forward, you know, my career has gotten a lot bigger. My kids don't require as much attention. And honestly, I think maybe part of the reason why my wife bought that for me is because she saw the impact that my kids having their own lives was having on me because you know, I wasn't that important anymore. So that yeah. I think, I think honestly, I think that really filled a gap. Boy, I'm not to make it too sad, but I'm, I'm having my first taste of that as a parent yeah. now, like, like her first twinges of like one independence, to, in, independence yeah. and yeah. And like not wanting to spend every waking moment with, you know, yeah. With day day with day day. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for, for me, like my... I didn't expect it to affect me because, <coughs> oh. like, I I've saw it coming miles away. But the past week or two has mm-hmm. been like I've been a little sad about well, it. Well, I mean, you know, I have the benefit of having four kids. My oldest is twenty. My youngest, uh, she just turned fifteen. So not your first rodeo. <laughs> not my first rodeo, but I knew that my daughter was going to devastate me the most because that's my that's my home girl, yeah. you know. And then fast forward or rewind to yesterday, uh, huge day because not only did she get her braces off, but she also got contacts. And when I saw her, like I'm like you're not stop <laughs> you look like you're grown no get the braces back on and put those glasses back on too they're just like yeah i was like man i'm I'm gonna go buy another gun this weekend <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's an adjustment for sure but yeah but she's awesome and she really she makes it easy so i can't complain too yeah. much but 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 hearing that in the episode kind of like i guess it was reassuring to know that other people have been faced with that because a lot of times within ourselves we think we're the only ones going through a particular issue and then when you hear somebody tell your story with their words you're like oh well shit this yeah i'm not the only one and i think that's the the thing about alex is he's not afraid to say what's on his mind about mm-hmm. stuff like that whereas i think some people are especially if it's something that they're, that's like important to them or mm-hmm. they might be defensive about mm-hmm. like he's you could probably kind of tell like his attitude is kind of like man fuck it like, <laughs> i'm gonna tell you how it is and but he, hearing somebody say those words but then to realize that it's it's kind of okay mm-hmm. it's like yeah i thought that was a, a cool moment to, to bring yeah. on the show yeah absolutely was not expecting to get out of the that particular show what i did i yeah. mean it's cool that he cool. told us a story but also cool that he shared his individual story so yeah. that took a lot of courage he's got a cool story and he's built a, a cool brand around it and yeah so yeah he was a great guest and we have lots of great guests coming up uh, we talked a little bit earlier i'll drop another teaser in here we spoke a little bit about augmented reality and vr and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff and we are in talks with somebody who is deep, deep, deep in, in the some business. Next, some next level shit. Of some next level <laughs> DJ shit in the realm of virtual reality. So uh, I've got a meeting coming up with uh, somebody who works in that space, yeah. and that's probably going to turn into an interview. We'll try to get him on the show. Red or blue. And talk about that. <laughs> Which color are you going to take? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we'll go ahead and sign off. Thank you so much for listening. This has been the Passionate DJ Podcast. Keep on spinning.